0: I'm James Day, and this is Focus on Pocus, a podcast about current topics in point-of-care ultrasound. And coming to you today, guess what? We are now recording our 60th Focus on Pocus show. We've had so many varied guests in the field over the past two or three years. And so if anybody out there, if you feel so inclined to pop over to check out our archive of Pocus.org, where all the shows are residing. Also, if you want to, please reach out Uh, if you have an interesting story to tell us that revolves around all things ultrasound. So we'll get to it. Today, we have a triangulation. The studio is in Denver. I'm in Philadelphia. And our esteemed guest, Alexa Chandler, is in Columbia, South Carolina. She is researching and studying BMI calculations using an ultrasound device. Alexa Chandler is a doctoral student studying exercise science at the University of South Carolina. She earned her B.S. with honors in exercise science from Ithaca College in 2016 and her master's in science in kinesiology and applied psychology from Rutgers University in 2019. While at Rutgers, her research focused on the use of ultrasound to assess body composition in elite ballet dancers. Her interests include exercise physiology, sports nutrition, and sports science. So, Alexa, how are you today?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Let's open up with your role in that and use an ultrasound to calculate and assess changes in muscle and tendon thickness.
1: So during my master's we had a project with elite ballet dancers. Uh, They were adolescents and they're from New York City and we wanted to track their body composition changes over time and to get an idea of their workload demands. And the problem was we were using a device called the bod pod, and the bod pod tends to underestimate body fat in very lean individuals. And these ballet dancers were just that very lean. So we decided to explore using ultrasound as a way to assess their body composition. And that way we could get uh, regional body fat. So it wasn't just total body fat. And we could also look at changes in muscle thickness, since that was also an issue among these dancers because we wanted to see that they were maintaining uh, that regional muscle fitness, and then we could also see changes in regional body composition.
0: So exactly why is ultrasound a practical tool for body composition assessments in athletics?
1: So it's very portable, and Mm -hmm. it is more affordable than a lot of these other techniques. So for instance, if you were working with an athlete, let's say uh, on the basketball team, We could just bring our device down to them or maybe the sports medicine physician already has one that they're using for treatments and we could just use that. So it's the same device that we're using and therefore it makes it affordable, feasible. We don't have to bring the athletes into a lab. We can go to them and do it right there. Uh, And you can train people pretty easily to take the images. We did another study where we looked at reliability between an advanced technician. So that was a sports medicine physician who has been training with ultrasound for many, many years. And then the other person that we looked at was his uh, current fellow. And so we did a reliability study and we found that they were reliable with each other. So it was easy enough to train up the fellow to take the images. And then the analysis could be done by the professional if needed. Mm -hmm. So it can be used in so many settings. So for instance, we started implementing it in high school wrestling when I was in New Jersey, because. Uh, the uh, current method that they were using was not being serviced anymore. So it was a bioelectrical impedance scale. It measures total body water, basically. Uh And the company was no longer servicing those scales. So the issue was if they broke, they couldn't get them fixed. So the choice was we go to skinfold calipers or we could use ultrasound. And ultimately they decided that ultrasound would have less variation between individuals taking the measurements than skinfold calipers. So, we had a whole program to train up the athletic trainers on how to do it and how to uh, get good measurements, basically, and how to implement it out in the field.
0: So, those are some of the benefits that ultrasound can provide over other body composition devices?
1: Yeah. And I'd say that one of the major benefits is, again, that you can get that regional assessment. So, we can look at maybe, let's say, in a more clinical population, where the body fat is stored if we're looking at body fat changes, especially in let's say older adults uh or a more clinical like hospital population we can get that regional assessment so we can Mm -hmm. see if it's visceral adipose tissue is it subcutaneous adipose tissue and then also that ultrasound can have so many other applications so it's just very affordable and feasible to be used in the clinic
0: so this goes i mean this is real targeted way beyond the standard overall which is probably archaic the old bmi calculation that everybody uses
1: yeah. So BMI, it's really just an equation that is a basically a height to weight ratio. Mm-hmm. And so that can be a good screening tool for sure. And it's fine on a population level scale. So if you have so many participants in your study, let's say, and you want to know their BMI, it's easy enough. It's you, it's a math equation. You just need height and weight. So easy enough. But when you start looking at individuals, that's where that the error gets a lot bigger. Because if you have an athlete and they have a lot of muscle, their height to weight ratio can be thrown off. So that's when you want to delve into body composition and see maybe if their height to weight ratio, if that BMI is high, is it because of excess body fat or is it because of excess muscle?
0: That is very pioneering. So I'm just curious. It makes me think what types of ultrasound devices are being used in the field. Yes. And I, I wonder, you know, these are all handheld. So how practical or feasible are they?
1: Yes, exactly. So the first one that we used with the ballet dancers, that is our B-mode ultrasound, so that brightness mode one. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's handheld. Uh, we've tried two different ones now, one plugged into a Samsung device so you can have it on your tablet. Even we put it on one of the doctor's phones mm-hmm. and did one of the studies that way. And then the one that we have now, Hooks, is compatible with Apple, so we can hook it right into our iPad or iPhone so really, it's just easy. You just have to carry it down to where the athletes are, and you can plug it in and use it. Uh, and then for that one, so since it's B mode, you get the image that you think of when you think of ultrasound. And then there are softwares that you can use to automatically measure the sites. So you can automatically measure that where that um yeah. skin-to-fat boundary is to the muscle-to-fat boundary to get the subcutaneous thickness. And then you can see the muscle-to-bone thickness, so you get muscle, and you can actually see the image, which is pretty cool. Uh, That one does take a little bit more skill if you don't want to pay for a software to do it for you, because that would be an automated artificial intelligence software. Mm -hmm. Uh, The NIH does have a free software that you can measure it yourself, but that takes some practice. So what we were doing with the athletic trainers, because they don't really have time to sit there and analyze these images, Uh, because the best way to do it would probably be to have two, for research at least, would be to have two people analyze these images to make sure that you're picking out the same boundaries and just confirm that you're looking at the correct um, markings on the image. Uh, So for the, for more practical reasons, for some of our athletes, we switched to an A-mode device, which is a handheld device that it plugs right into the computer. And it does not, give you an actual image because it's just one signal instead of multiple which the b mode uses multiple signals to create that image Mm -hmm. so there's one signal that goes through and all you get is uh, peaks on the screen and the first peak represents the uh skin to fat boundary the second peak would be that uh fat to muscle boundary and so on and it what that's doing is it's just uh reflecting the sound waves through the tissue and then they reflect back and so the different tissues uh, create different reflection amplitudes. So it's amplitude mode ultrasound. And then that software calculates the body fat for you. So it's quick and easy to use. The athletic trainers could easily use it in the field, easily get a body fat on the wrestlers and know if they are within their weight class.
0: Oh, I see. Boy, I wish this was a video cast because it, I'd like to see what that chart looks like. That's nothing like a spectral <laughs> layout of a graphic, it's like a spectral Doppler or anything like that to Do use Doppler.
1: I have not used Doppler, played around with it a little bit, but I have not used it. The BMO device has Doppler capability, Mm -hmm. something we could do in the future.
0: So how can ultrasound be used in sports science to aid in, uh, let's see, athletic uh, development?
1: Yeah. So along with just looking at body composition, we can also look at changes in muscle and tendon thickness, which can be important in the rehab process. We want to make sure that Let's say if they're recovering from an injury, that they're not just getting stronger, but their tendons are not that the muscle is getting stronger, but that their tendons are also adapting so that Mm. the whole joint is getting stronger. Uh Uh, We can help look at training responses by looking at muscle and tendon thickness together. So it really does go beyond uh, body fat per se and moves into total musculoskeletal health.
0: Listen, it was great having you on today's podcast. Wow. And number 60, here we are, everybody. And it's an honor. And we thank you for all you do to increase patient safety and to assess our athletes. Thank you. Don't forget for more POCUS style topics, follow us on Facebook at POCUS CERT Academy and Twitter at POCUS Academy. And thank you for listening.